Lord have mercy, ladies and gentlemen, season three of Chewing the Gristle with yours truly, Gregory Stephen Cock Esquire, is at hand. We got a bunch of great guests lined up once again. We'll be talking some guitar. I'm sure we'll talk about food. I'm sure we'll talk about hilarity. That's just what's going to happen. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. Brought to you by our good friends at Wildwood Guitars in beautiful Louisville, Colorado, and Fishman Transducers of beautiful Andover, Massachusetts. This week, I'm chewing the gristle. We got Tomo Fujita, guitar player extraordinaire, guitar player extraordinaire, guitar educator extraordinaire, an internet phenom, and a Berkeley teacher of many, many years, instructor to the stars. This week on Chewing the Gristle. Wow. Look at that. Kapow. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of the night and of the day, Gregory Cockery here, another week of Chewing the Gristle. We have a guitar sensation amongst us at this particular juncture in time, Tomo Fujita, who is (laughs) out in Boston, I believe, even as we speak. Right. And uh, just a positive force in the world of guitar. Tomo, you're always in a good mood. Every time I see you, you just exude positivity, and I dig it. Thank you. That's that's uh, my thing. It's everything positive because I don't expect too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a battle cry that everyone should adopt. Don't expect too much. <laughs> well, it was too fast, I would say. Yeah, because once you become, you know, uh, adult, a lot of expectation around you, especially now, internet, you can compare things. So it's right away you have to do something, right? So yes. I just temporarily I just give up. So I, <laughs> you know, yeah. So that way, um my um my em- emotions, you know, still you know, happy mood, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Well, you and I are about the same age, and uh, I'm just wondering about your... 56. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm 55. I turned okay. 55 in June, so okay. we're about about the same age. We're, yeah. uh, we're not technically boomers, Tomo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Although I, I think... I think everyone uh, calls anyone that's uh, of a certain age. Everyone, we're just get we get just th- thrown in as boomers. But be that okay. as it may, that's um, cool. Uh, for you, what kind of music were you initially drawn to playing back when you first started? What were your initial goals, or what what drew you to play the guitar? Very first one, really, um, a Japanese pop artist named Cha C H A R. He 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 played Mustang, you know, Fender Mustang, and just saw you know funky, you know, single uh, English lyrics and uh, really cool. So that was in, initially I was really drawn, and then I listened to you know, just like a it's everybody, you know, Beatles, Led Zeppelin, you know, Deep Purple. Then I found Jeff Beck. Uh-huh. Then right after that, around. You know, mid seventies, late seventies, I discover a guy named Larry Carlton. Mm-hmm. That was a trouble. That really made me to come to America. Ah, just because his music, I could tell involved R and B, blues, little bit jazz. 
And I read everything about Larry Carlton. So he studied with the Joe Pass, played with the Crusaders. And I figure I better go to America to, to do this. I, can, I cannot do this in a little island. Aha! <laughs> and so yeah. how, how old were you when that happened? That happened like I was a 14, you know, 13. You know, when I was 13, I discovered a guitar playing. And a year later, 14, that's I really felt I love guitar. Nothing else, just but the guitar, you know. I still remember every time my mother said, hey, it's dinner. I still transcribing something, you know, so something like that every day. Yeah. So, um, but funny part is, it's not everything went through great because my uh, relatives told me music is not really a great thing to pursue. <laughs> you know, very stiff, stiff, you know, my uncle is a very smart guy. He's a really nice guy. And he really told me not really good thing to do. And so um, when I was 17, I decided to go to regular college to please my you know, parents. So basically when I was 17, around 18, year and a half, I didn't really touch my guitar. I, I gave up actually because I thought music is not great because everybody says so. And then um, I just practiced here and there. I remember when I was studying uh, college study, I list, every day I listen to you know, Earth and Fire because that really keeps me you know, happy about music. You know? Right. But then I went to college studying Russian. Russian, because <laughs> I figured out if, if you learn Russian and then you get good trade uh, business so that you make a lot of money so I can, I can play my guitar as a hobby. That was my plan A. But then plan A uh, at the college, you know, five days a week you study Russian in English too. It's just so much language. language. I didn't realize language takes so much time to understand. Right. And then I put the band together, funk band. So we rehearsed twice a week, just rehearsing two hours, just a group. So I kept going with my music, you know. Then I started studying jazz guitar with Takeshi Yamaguchi. He's a really great jazz guitar player. And about a year later, almost I, 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 I felt so depressed about, you know, studying co college, right? Then I found a bass player named Osamu Koichi. He's now a well-known player in Japan. This guy just received scholarship, full scholarship from Berkeley. That's what I heard in a small town in Kyoto. And of course, I started asking where, where this guy lives, where he's there. So I found him at the college practicing bass. And I started asking him a question. He, he really hated me ah. because I asked too much question. <laughs> and he want to study, he want to practice. But I... Uh, my question was so consistent. You see, sometimes you have to do a little bit more. So he really gave up. He just started telling me what to do. <laughs> it was really crazy. He really so ended up, actually, he, he played my demo tape with his band. Yeah, that's how much I was aggressive about what I want. <laughs> you know, and then... Uh, Six months later, I got a full scholarship from Berkeley. Ah, that's a change entirely. Then one, year, then uh, I asked Osamu, 
So what should I do? You know, I was going to do go to regular college and maybe Berkeley year or two to come back, you know, like that. But he said, why don't you quit? Because only you spend one year. I spend three years. I have to finish it. Right. So, so that, 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 that was it. So when I was um, 19, I, I got a scholarship. But my parents, it's not really rich people, so that I had to you know, make money for living expenses. So after that, two years, scholarship lasts two years you know, to use. So um, I, I work a lot of different jobs to raise the money, you know, save money for living expenses. And then, so I waited 21 and then I went to, I went to Berkeley. I went to Boston and that was it. And you've been there ever since? Ever since, yes. So I spent, wow, 35 years in Boston. Crazy. Crazy. But uh, I want, I want everybody to understand, you know, people think I'm great because I teach at the Berkeley, but you ha- people need to understand, I gave up once, two years. And I went to a different field, but I just could not stand. So I just kept doing it. Right, right. So, so don't worry about the levels. Don't worry about the situation. Just keep doing it, your thing. And right. someday, you never know when these things happen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Next day, maybe not, not something happens. See, you know, music is, is a really fragile, you know. So um, I just kept doing it. <laughs> so when you... When you went to Berkeley, uh, yes. did you did you study for four years there? Or I did, I did four years. Yeah. Okay, and then did, yeah. were you immediately hired by them afterwards, or were you? Well, this of- was the craziest thing because I graduated around ninety one. Okay. And um, and then I was already play with a lot of faculties, you know, and uh, a lot of teachers says, "Why don't you work here? You're great," you know, and uh, I don't know. But then I was playing a lot of different band, and um, um, I was hired to do a guitar session. Probably you did a guitar session at Berkeley, right? Summer, something. Yeah, yes, so, yeah, week, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's probably I met you. And so um, they hired me. That was 92. Okay. Or 91. Oh, actually, 91, probably right after I graduated. Yeah. And then two years or three years later, Larry Bayon you know, former um, uh, chair and assistant right. chair um, was um, Rick Pickham. Both, uh, actually, Larry said, can you stop by my office later? I thought he was going to say something. I did <laughs> wrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I love what you do, and uh, we'd like to hear hire you. That's it. So end of 90, 92, so I, I, I got hired in 93. So two years later, that's really rare to get the job. Right, right, right. So that's like almost like everything. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy, you know. Yeah. So when you started working there, were you were you teaching X amount of classes, or was it private students and classes? I did. A, yeah, I did a mixture. First, I did private lesson, and then I taught you know a few beginner you know uh, class sort of a blues and a funk style, I started doing it. And then uh, I, um, they asked me to do a funk ensemble, and then they asked me to uh, make a Stevie Ray Vaughan ensemble. This is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny. Yeah, so, but I, I quit Stevie Ray Vaughan ensemble. The reason is, the reason is, everybody want to learn Stevie Ray Vaughan, but they can't play blues 
a lot of right. people. That's a, pro- that's a problem. Right. So <laughs> ended up, ended up like, you know, I start teaching blues history. Yeah. Like this is a Chicago style. This is Texas style. This is all about Collins. This is BB King. This is all about, you know, so I had to explain these ones. Then I ended up that now really Stevie Ray Vaughan. I can't really do what exactly I want to do. So I thought I, I want to go back to teach more detail. So that's why right now I only teach private. Okay. The reason is if I teach blues funk uh, class, always second semester, those guys, everybody wants my lesson private. So why not? I just do right from the beginning, just more personal, more detail. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so I just love that way, you know, right now, yeah. So how many students do you reckon you teach a week? A week? Um, I teach about thir- uh, 28 or 30. You know, right now, I think 30 students at the Berkeley because every half an hour, you know, Berkeley okay. is crazy, but half an hour lesson, one lesson is half an hour. Only two guys I, ble- I do a one-hour lesson because... Um, one regular private private lesson. The one is a call, uh, uh, almost like you know, ensemble, um, like almost a performance, you know, right. uh, class. So I have to teach two sort of a recital prep, yeah, Re- uh, prepare recital. It's a lot, yeah. And at one point, you know, you started to do your your video stuff online. You know, yes. you've got your uh, your website. Yes. That you have your uh, guitar wisdom website, right? So, thank you. thank you. It's fantastic. So, what? At what point did you start doing that? And was that a problem with Berkeley, or is it kind of sanctioned by Berkeley, or are they okay. just cool with you doing that? Yeah, yeah. Berkeley is really uh, cool because um, basically my hours fill in maybe one when they open up my um, you know sign up hour, probably one hour two hours my 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 sign up filled. Okay. And the interesting part is first semester students, n- nobody can take my lesson because higher semester always fit in. So Berkeley doesn't have any, they don't have any problem with me about doing other things because Got it. my hours always fail, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Also grateful, you know, uh, promotion in a way. Yeah. Right. Basically, right. Absolutely. It's really, basically, it's all about my wife. Three years ago, my wife said, you can't do this forever. Go to Japan you know, 10 days, come back, and then you teach like six, eight hours a day, like a Skype lesson, because everybody on Skype, right? Right. And Tomo, you can do this all the time. You know, okay, okay, you know. And then, same time, I met Music is Win, Tyler Lawson, you know, that's my former student in uh, at the NAMM show. Uh-huh. Same time. And then Tyler said, He's doing, uh, you know, um, online lesson. Right. So he explained me a little online lesson. Back then, my head was still a little stiff. Oh, I love just Skype lesson because individual is better. Right. But then I understand my age, my time is important. Right. I didn't realize that. So that's my wife is saying. But then young guy already not teach any Skype lesson, everything online, having every day all hours for music. Right. Why not? Smart. So, Tyler, my wife, I listen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. And then, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, always want to do something with me in music. You know, we try to do, you know, DVD or uh, books, but didn't work out because, you know, it's a lot of work to do. But then, 
this video lesson seems like uh, we can handle, you know. So basically, my wife's older brother is my business partner. Okay. So I don't I don't do any editing because even YouTube video, I just make a video, I just post, you know, exactly. I don't do anything. Right. I have a good camera, nice microphone now, but I don't do editing because I just want to do simple. I understand. Yeah. So so this business, I make video content, you know, like a lesson plan, everything. Then I go to his his house, living room, set up as like a studio, and we make a, a video on a Sunday. Then he edit it and he post. That's then we spread in half. Got it. Yeah, and we both happy. If we work hard and we go both go in the right direction, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Because that's one thing that is is, you know, I think people who are our age, you know, it's. It's one of those things where we just want to play. We just want to yes. make the content. We don't want to edit shit and do all yeah. of this other stuff. It's just, yeah, it's, you know, you, yeah, totally. You can do everything, but what happens once you do everything, really, you know, you lose energy for live music. Right. When you play live music, you have to be your your head, your heart is more like a kid. Right, exactly. Just don't know anything. All you know is about music. That's right. you. But then if you start doing business here and there too much, then you start noticing many things. Then that's too much distraction when you play. Right. Thinking about, oh, should I edit that video? No, no, no. Then, right. then you can play, you know, good, good, good music, you know? Right? Exactly. Yeah. So exactly I learned correct. that a lot of different shows. So now I think I'm in a good direction. Good balance. Good balance, exactly. So, like when pandemic started, I was teaching in Berkeley two days, thirty people, and then every week I did about twenty hours of uh, Skype at least. So That's like, a lot. Exactly. So almost like every day, it's all about teaching. I love to do it, you know, you know. But now it's different. I may I may teach one two hours a week. Right. Just because business take care of that income, different way, you know, right. great way. Exactly. Yeah. So now I have a time to work out. I can go to, you know, food shopping very comfortably, you know. Right. Yes. <laughs> I understand. It's different. Yeah. I like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good to have the balance. There's no doubt exactly. about it. Exactly. So um, I'm, I'm glad that I, I took chance to go to you know online lesson you know yeah then of course i i you know i emphasize my way of teaching you know teaching a lot of a foundation not just showing a lex you know so um i made theory course 24 theory course also i just made a sight reading course using berkeley method book uh-huh so that really interesting that that course is very popular just because a lot of people in the past they bought a berkeley book but never really finished it right so i'm coaching you know okay turn page 60 so this one you have to do this slow and this part but this part don't worry about it oh just you know not important because you know bill wrote everything for the book but sometimes not 100 percent important every detail do you know what i mean right yeah yeah so in order to do well with that book, has to have a coach. Yeah, that was really 
uh, idea of making the book for uh, Berkeley and Bill because Bill wants to use the book for the lesson. Then students know exactly what to do. Then he can tell, okay, now don't worry about that. Just skip that one. Just go next one, you know? Right. Yeah. It's coaching, but coaching with very specific book. So that, surprisingly, that course is really popular. Excellent. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to ask you in regard to because I, I taught at um, my my son when he he wanted to study drums after high school. I mean, he you know he didn't really want to study drums because he already knew how to play. You know what I mean? He oh, could, okay. he, yeah. he could yeah. do stuff, and 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 then he ended up touring with us in Europe. Like the the semester after high school, he toured with us, and I think at, at one point, I think he looked in the van. He's like, "Oh my god." I'm in this van, and the and the guy closest in age to me is my dad. You know, <laughs> so, so I think he was probably like, I think I want to have some kind of a college experience. So we ended up going to the school in Minneapolis, okay, uh, McNally Smith College of Music, which was a okay. v- very nice school, very good people, and the whole nine yards. And and they approached me about teaching there. Oh, and uh, and basically what they did is they made me uh, like full time, but I only had to be there two days a week, right? That's so, amazing. But because I was full-time, he went to school for free. That's the only reason why he did it, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I, I would have to fly up there Mondays and Tuesdays and then fly elsewhere because I still had to do everything else I was doing. But it, it, it worked out. But the thing that was so exhausting to me was, is you know, it, it was I had to teach this class. I did, like, X amount of private lessons. Yes. And then I would do this class. It was kind of an overview of guitar styles. And the, and the course was kind of already outlined per se. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of like um, guitar from late 1800s to 1969. For some oh, reason, wow. they, had, they had chosen that. So I had to give like a verbal history and like, and like some playing examples from all these different things, you know, country blues, urban blues, jazz, so on and so forth. And I enjoyed it. I put together some cool lesson plans, I, you know, in the whole nine yards. I was very excited about it. But what kills me is is that people that go to school for music, not everybody, I'm not saying everybody, but there seems, you know, there seems to exist people that go to music school for different reasons. Their parents want them to do something right, yeah. and they have the money, you know what I mean? Or these kids decided, well, I, I kind of like playing, I guess I'll go and take out loans and do this, all, all this other kind of stuff. But when you're so excited because you know how, just from what you described, we love it so much. We love so much, yeah. And we put our heart and soul and everything into it. And when that's not reciprocated yes. by, by students, it's 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 soul crushing. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. It's almost like you know you prepare amazing fishing. No matter where sit a fish, and there's no fish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know how disappointed, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's part of um, music, uh, like college or school setting that. Right. That just like you said, somebody has a lot of passion, but somebody just don't know what else to do. And then they chose music, but wasn't that much passion in it. So that... Uh, um, Bad way to say it's not so so uh, dedicated, right? Right. R- right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So that you know that's why I, I kind of like to do um, private lesson because I can really pace. See, you know, if you teach class, you have to have a pace to go. You know, so right. if somebody is not 
you know, riding that pace, then you have to push these people. That means you work hard. You work more than what you need to do. Then definitely you use a lot of energy, you know. So I'm I'm getting old and I've been teaching oh, about 28 years, all right? So this is what I do. I sit down, I don't even touch a guitar. I just smile and wait. I smile, wait, and then usually students start, you know, uh, plug in the guitar and start, um, you know, um, noodling. Right. 20 years ago, I said, stop, just, just tune up, let's do it like that, you know, right? Now it's different. I just sit down, smile. And then usually students, what? I'm just waiting. <laughs> I'm just waiting. And uh, sometimes like students talk a lot, right? Talk a lot. That, you know, sometimes I say, well, okay, next week, right? I want to really uh, make a, you know, uh, audio so that you can hear what right. we do. Right. And then exactly same lesson. And I ask question. And if the person talk, I just listen. I don't argue anything. I just keep listening. Okay, okay. Like that. And then a week later, so how much do you think you've talked on the half an hour lesson? So that means you talk um, 20 minutes and then you paid a lot, hundreds of dollars, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. So if I were you, take a lesson, I try not to talk too much. <laughs> Just because the time is, so I try to ask, you know, specific, maybe I write a question, you know, write a question, you know, then uh, I ask, do you have any question? I don't have it. See, that's crazy to me. Right. I mean, Absolutely. You, I mean, I mean, of course, if you sit down with Rob Buchanan, if you could, I'm sure you have a lot of questions to ask. Absolutely. Right. You cannot say like, oh, I don't have any question. <laughs> you know, see that that's like a kills me, you know. Wow, it's okay. All right. You know, but anyway, so I don't I don't really push too much because I'm not parents. Right. I'm 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 a teacher. I'm a, you know, coach. I I just tell people to get to the right, you know, direction, pacing, you know, all that stuff. It's interesting you should say it's, I love it when you said about the question stuff because I had that on a few different occasions, you know. I would you do? Have, okay. Tell me. I I, I, would, I was in the class with these folks and I gave them their lesson for the week and yada yada yada. And there was like five minutes, five, ten minutes left. And I was like, look, we we got some time left. Right. Do you guys have any questions? And and none of them. And I you know, <laughs> none of them had any questions. And and I remember one time I, I went. In, uh, I, yeah, went I know that that's kills me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. And, and one time I came into the class and none of them were prepared. I gave them this thing that they had to they had to play this piece, and and, and then I wanted them to write like a one page paper on whatever it was. You know, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. I, said I'm, I don't care about your grammatical errors. Yeah. I just want you to you know, connect with this music and give me a, a description of how it, you know, you related to it and no one did it. And I remember looking at this group of like 14 upperclassmen, right? Yeah. And I said, listen, you are going into a business that's almost impossible to succeed under the best of circumstances. And none that's of right. y'all are the best of circumstances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Right. I know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny because yeah, I mean, no matter how much you work hard, but then slight chance that sometimes you don't get the gig where you don't do it well. But that's a that's a nature of a business. You know? That is absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. why I'm saying that you know, you just keep you have to just keep doing it. 
you can't exactly. expect when it's happening, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so that's the, that's the part of college teaching, special class, it's, which is difficult to teach sometimes because some right. people are not really ready to or willing to learn. Right. And then, you know, where are you going to pace it? You know, you can't just pace on higher, you know, level people, you know. So, right. Yeah. That's why I, I really enjoy um, private lesson. Yeah, because you can really connect with them and figure out where they're at individually. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I just, you know, I just, you know, slowly to, you know. But then, of course, you know, I have a agenda to go through. And, then, you know, a week later, I think about this person really needs this and that, you know, so I come up with some idea. Yeah. Other one is a really good one. So did you did you practice? Oh, exactly. Did you practice? <laughs> I go like, did you practice? You know, smile like this, right? And then a little. Hmm. Right. I love it when they say, well, I had so much other stuff I had to do, you know. I exactly. So and... like the other one, like, oh, I was busy with uh, ensemble. And I used to go, okay. But then now, well, this is a private lesson to prepare for everything around the guitar so that that really go ensemble too, right? So what means somebody has to, you know, prepare for ensemble means takes too much time memorizing song or understanding song. That right. means two things. Music theory, ear training, it's not really catching up with technique, you know? Right. And Or vocabulary. Right. Yeah, I know. That's little. So I said... I will say, just don't say little, <laughs> because uh, you know. Hey, can you play little? <laughs> right. That's probably you don't get the gig. You know. Yeah, right? that's a, that is a problem. Yeah. I, I remember my first year of college when I went went to school for um, it was jazz guitar at a state college here, and, um, and one of the books we were working out of was like a it was this uh, it was a Bruner. Mel Bay book, but it was on random. It was sight reading. It was like random pitches. And the whole okay. reason, so that you would not do it by ear, right? Right, because, right, right, right. You don't, yeah, right. And I practiced so much that I memorized them anyway, you know? Ah. <laughs> and I'd come in and go, and the teacher was always like, wow. And, and it was because I was so motivated. And then after right, a while, right. you, you practice you, a lot, right. Th then you realize that the ex then what ex people's expectations are. Yeah. And, and then, of course, then you end up, you know, just kind of doing what you need to do to, to yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so that's a, a interesting part, right? So um, then um, you know, and then of course, if if the if still that student just don't notice how important to push or challenge or make effort, you know, right. just don't know. So that case, I said, if I say one thing, and then you have to, to you know find two other things. So, like, if I play lick on the second, the first string, then maybe third and fourth strings there, or you know, different strings. So, if I play ta da da da, you know, ta, you know, almost like an introduction hideaway, ta da da da, you have to have a, at least five of them. So that's like typical musician um, attitude. You know, so you learn something, then you just expand. That's why you better. Uh, at your instrument, you know? Right. Yeah. So something like that. That's why I really, no, I don't against the tablature, but tablature really limit imagination to me. Yeah. So that's why Guitar Wisdom, I don't use any PDF, no tablature. 
But on the screen says what string, what fret, and what degree. Gotcha. Yeah. So if I play 13th chord and G, root plus seven, major third, 13, not this shape. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it takes a little time, but then every time people think. So that's why people who stick with my guitar wisdom, you know, three, four weeks or more, always people send me an email and says, I got it. Awesome. Why? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And then again, same time, some people say, why don't you put the PDF on tablature? <laughs> yeah, that person don't don't notice it. You know what I mean? Right, right, It's right. almost like using uh, common sense from, you know, internet. Right. Yeah. So you can't ignore it, but just, you know, I have to help them, you know? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. We interrupt this regularly scheduled gristle-infested conversation to give a special shout-out to our friends at Fishman Transducers, makers of the Greg Koch Signature Fluence Gristle Tone Pickup Set. Can you dig that? And our friends at Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado, bringing the heat in the shadow of the Rocky Mountains. So how much stuff are you doing gig-wise these days, and, and what kind of different bands are you playing with? So gig-wise, like, you know, um, two years ago, I used to do uh, go to, you know, little England, you know, Korea, Japan, doing more solo guitar, just because I was really into solo guitar and a little bit talk show, talk a little bit about, right. you know, my American culture and stuff. So that was very successful gigs, you know, I did that. But then after that, unfortunately, I can't really go back to Japan. And I don't really have a, um, like a system in the United States, you know, because I don't know about you, but Japan, each gig pays really well. So that pays other things. But United States, if I do the same thing, not really great as a business, you know. Right, my, my case, you know, yeah. my case, you know. So, so that's why right now I'm not really playing that much. But I play with pigeon playing ping pong or somebody like you know. Sometimes Maskofield comes to town. I play with him, you know, something like that. So almost like a somebody who already established, right, doing a tour. I kind of join in. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So that's a that's my thing right now. Excellent, yeah. and. uh how often do you go back to Japan to do to do stuff? Before the pandemic, I used to go at least two, three times. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes like you know, I go March, I go to May, I go around, you know, October, maybe three times. I mean, most often I went to four times, you know. Yeah. Wild. It's yeah. So that's why kind of t- tiring because two weeks I go to Japan and come back here, I do exactly the same. Right. No rest. Right, Almost. no rest, no rest no for rest the wicked. Rest. I mean, then, yeah. Next day, I just got the Berkeley, and a lot, you know, you, you know, a lot of faculty always said, "How do you do that?" See, music. Yes. So exciting. Exactly. It's so exciting, and especially playing. You know, I have to do that. So that was I did. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about about gear because you're uh, you, you seem to be. Uh, enjoying a, a wide variety of guitars and stuff these days, but you like some of those smaller scale fenders, like, you know, yes. uh, you notice. Yeah. I like, um, 
as you know, like this um, Dual Sonic. Yep, Dual Sonic. Yeah, yep. two, 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 and a half inch. I bet this is probably difficult for you to play. You have bigger hands. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, re- the reason these instruments are cheap because, you know, typical American people who has big hands, it's really difficult to play, you know? Right. That's why price is kind of low, you know? Right. But it's exactly, this is, this is you know, about 90, 1963. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These really, I mean, really great. And I have a 56, 57. Right. Yeah. Those are... I mean, not exactly Telecaster, but just exactly the same kind of, you know, sure. in the same year feel, you know? Yeah. So the fi- I have a 56, like, triangle neck, really big neck, and in a, in a nut width is the same as Telecaster Strat, just, you know, right. neck is short. Smaller, yeah, yeah. Yeah, smaller. You know, rear pickups, really great. You know, intonation, really cool, you know? I love those. Awesome. Yeah. And you how about run, you? You, you? How about you? What, what's the, your main thing? Telecaster? Well, you know, I it was for, you know, yeah, I would say Telecaster is my main thing. And I developed that guitar with Reverend, right? So I got the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. one with my with my Fishman pickups in it. So that's been my main. Yeah, I got main, I got the actual Fishman pickup, this one. Oh, you got some of those. Are you, are you yeah. liking that so far? I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love about this one is, uh, you know, don't change any character. It's really, uh, really pure sounding. You know, that's, yes. see that I don't like anything too much mids or bass or treble, you know? Right. So this one, uh, I really liked it. And also this Epiphone, it plays really, really. Yeah, this, this um, plays really, really great. I just got this guitar. To try out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that has my uh, my P90s on it. Right, right. And yeah, then yeah. Um, you can boost. You can um, do the sync. So is this a humbucking? No. Yeah. Well, they're they're quiet. They're the, the, the way that they're made um, makes it so that they don't make any noise. The sixty cycle hum is that's gone. amazing yeah. because first, right, if you if I didn't if I wasn't tell if you know if nobody tell me about this humbucking, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. It's, de- it's dead quiet. I mean, this. Right. So this is right. And then, you know, Ria. Yeah. Really clear. Yeah, this is humbucking. That's amazing. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And then you can... Okay, this is boost. Right. That's really sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a go- going little jazz and blues stuff. Yes, and well, then, I'm, glad, then, I'm glad you like them. Yeah, then this is single go. Yeah. Yeah, this I really dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I especially single chord too, really clear and not really too thin. That's a great up about. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's been my latest thing, of course, with the, uh, you know, I've got my new Red Room with those pickups on it. So uh, I, see, I see. So those are the two guitars I bring out most, but I also have my old Strat that I've had forever that I ordered from the custom shop like in 1991 Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You have a lot of Fender, too, right? Yes, yes. And then... By the way... Yes. By the way, how many... Vintage guitar? Do you have? I don't really have that many. I I've got uh, a '53 Tele. Yeah. How how long ago you guys? Two three years ago or more? I got that around four or five years ago. And uh, it's the old original, right? Yes. And so See, that's amazing. Yeah. It, it came into uh, Wildwood Guitars. Uh, a guy passed away that had a bunch of guitars and his brother called up Wildwood and said, Hey, would you mind helping us sell all these guitars? Yeah. yeah. And, and I liked it. I played it the first time I was, you know, when it came in, I thought, man, this is great. But you know, obviously it's, you know, it, it was a spray over. So it's not, I see. So it's not like totally vintage or else, or else it would have been unobtainable, unobtainable, but, um, it was still not cheap. And, um, but I, I wanted it. And then I was like, well, it's got the small frets on it, and it's got the noisy pickups, and yada yada yada. Yeah. But then uh, a, f- a few months went by, and I was back home here, and a, f- a friend of mine got a hold of me who had a uh, he had a '59 Strat, and the guy the guy's actually my cat breeder. He breeds Bengal cats, so he's he makes all this money uh, breeding these cats. So he started collecting guitars. So he's got like he's got so many 335s. Like every year of the you know he's got a Oh my God, it's ridiculous! So then he and he bought. He doesn't. He's not really a Fender guy, but he bought this '59 Strat from Norms, right? Yeah, Norms. Yeah. And um, he called me up. He's like, "Hey, you want to play this guitar for a while? I got it insured. Just just take it and play it for a while." Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I, I grabbed it and I was playing it at gigs, and it had the smaller frets on it. But you know, I learned on an old you know Telecast. So I quickly thought to myself. Well, these no fret, these little frets are no problem, right? So yeah, yeah, it just you know, yeah, you just you know, in late eighties, everybody becomes so accustomed to bigger frets, right? And thin frets, everybody thinks it's not good, but it's really fun. It it's is. Insulation is great, you know. Yeah, yeah. And plus there's certain vibratos that are easier with with the smaller frets, right? So then I went back to Wildwood and I started playing that guitar. I was like, I need to have it, so. So I had some custom shop, um, like some Gibson custom shop, Les Pauls that were worth a pretty, you know, a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I sold those. I sold a couple tellies. Oh, you sold a couple. I see. A couple of amps, you know. And that's what we always do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So when people go, "Oh my God, a '53 telly, How did you get that?" I was like, "Well, how we how we all get them? You know what I mean?" I I have a '65 Strat, but that's really. You know, camouflage from a um, bunch of Diosonics music master and vintage tubes that I sold, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what we got to do. Gotta you change, know? You know? Yeah. Yep. That's and cool. So, that's, so cool. that's how I ended up that. But I did get uh, this past summer, uh, it, w- it was on Father's Day, as a matter of fact. And I um, and my birthday is like two days after Father's Day. So I had all my, and all my kids were home and my wife and we had been through a bunch of different stuff. So she's like, you know, with the pandemic and some health stuff and whatnot, but everything was fine and dandy. And she's like, why don't you go on out and ha- have some self-care? 
So I took that as, why don't you go out and get a buy a guitar? <laughs> So, oh, really? So I, I I walked into this music store um, the buddy of mine owns not too far away, and there was a uh, – I looked up, and there was a big headstock Strat on the wall. Oh, thought, that's the you bought. Oh. Yeah, and I looked up. I was like, hmm. And I, I I always had a thing for the Hendrix era big headstock. Yeah, yeah. What year is that? Did you buy it? But this is a 74, so it's you know it's post-Hendrix era, but it was yeah, still yeah, – se- no, so, Yeah, 71 was great, yeah. But I picked it up and it weighed nothing. It weighs like seven and a quarter pounds. And I, 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 was, I was like, what's the story with this guitar? And they're like, oh, it's some guy owned it in Texas and, you know, and decided to get rid of it. So it still has a three-way toggle switch in it, weighs nothing, very little wear and tear. And uh, and I bought it. And, man, that Strat sounds and plays awesome. And I don't even want to get rid of the three-way toggle no, no, switch. No, don't do that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, because... That's the thing, like, you know, vintage Strat's re- uh, middle pickup sounds beautiful. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Again, that's like, you know, typical stereotype that, you know, if you buy new Strat, middle is kind of a useless or realize too, you know, uh, bright. Right. But all the Strat, all the ones, great, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, great, and, you can, great, and you can get those in between positions because the because those toggle switch, you know, they stick Very a little stiff, bit, kind of stiff, right, right. Yeah, and then it's almost better because you know how it is when you got a five way toggle switch, you're always flicking that thing around. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. So, so yeah, easy, right? Exactly. But but when you have to kind of go, you have to kind of commit. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're going to go yeah, to yeah, four, right. you're like, I'm going to commit to this for this song. <laughs> right. No, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that guitar. It's it sound it sounds. Awesome, and then I fell victim to this little bad boy. I, uh, I always wanted a, a Paisley Telly. Oh, and uh, you know, I was a big James Burton fan and whatnot. And I and I walked into the store, another buddy of mine's store, and I saw that because it's kind of got more purple in it than pink, right? Oh wow, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it reminds me because it's you know based on a '68. As I learned on a '68 Telecaster. Oh, I see. Is that a real '68? No, a real '60. So no, this one is not. But this this is a reissue. But I learned a, I learned on an old one, and I sold it years ago like an idiot, like we all do. Sell you know. And but when I started playing that guitar, just the way that the pickups sound and the way that it feels, it reminded me of that of my old guitar. Every time I play a Paisley Telly, an old one or a custom shop one, it reminds me of my old guitar. So. I ha- I had to have it. Right, right. You had to have it. Exactly. Well, you know it's it's you know it's 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 interesting because you know when the pandemic hit, you know everyone was rightly so musician wise freaking out because all these gigs got canceled. Right, had tours tours set up and so on and so forth. No, yeah. But I fortunately for me, it's like most of the stuff that I do was online at that point. I mean, a lot of my income going out to Wildwood a couple times or a couple, once a month and doing the videos there. We pit, we pivoted for me doing them here and the stuff I did for Fishman. They were already trying to pivot to more online stuff. So it got to the point where, you know, I was just doing all the stuff from home. That's great. Yeah. And uh, and then we would do live streams of the band from here and people were very generous with tips and whatnot. <clears throat> but it's um, it's interesting. It's like I'm not all that anxious to get back <laughs> back on the road again. You know, we we did been doing some gigs, but right. I canceled, I canceled the November tour because you know the, the guys in the band we're all vaxxed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, when you're going overseas, you have no idea if somebody gets sick and then they have to be they have to be they got to be quarantined. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things where. I just like playing, right? So I don't, you know, whether you're on the road or not. I mean, there, there, there is that thing with playing in front of people, but 
You know, it's all just about plan, right? Yes, that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, all about plan. Right. And so, and I was in, you know, I did some stuff uh, last week. I went down to True Fire down in uh, in Florida and I had a good time. I enjoyed going down there, but you know, there's something about going back into an airport where it's just like, you know, I don't miss this shit at all. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people don't know how hard to do touring between, I mean, you know, seems like, you know, when you see people on the stage, all about lights, a lot of fans looking really cool. But next day we have to get up early, take a shower, go to the airport again, you know, and then, you know, check in everything. It's a lot of work. You know, there's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt yeah. about it. And especially, you know, if you're not like a huge act, you know, we're all in kind of that, you know, that I'm very, very thankful for my position, be able to show up, you know, in any major town and draw enough people to make enough money is, is, is a blessing. But at the same token, then you have all the responsibility. You're the tour manager, you know, you're the, the merch guy, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Overseas, yeah, I've right, got people to right. help me out with that, but still it's like, <laughs> right. Everything you have to do. Yeah. The, the, the grind. And you don't mind it when, like, as you were saying, like when you go to Japan, you do those two weeks and you come back and you're right back in the fray. And, and and you get accustomed to that all that stuff happening. Yeah, a lot of energy I get, you know, yeah. But but, yeah. but then all of a sudden COVID happens and you realize I don't have to do all that stuff. Exactly. Anymore. Right, right. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. Only I don't like about uh you know, go on the road about food. Ah, I like good. eat healthy food. <laughs> I can't I can't eat I can't eat a, you know hamburger and a french fry, you know, two days on a row. <laughs> I understand. It, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So, you know, my age things too. Like if I eat too much, I gain weight, you know, I can't do that, you know. So <laughs> Oh, believe me, I understand. Especially during <laughs> yeah. COVID. I mean you know, I, I, I walk a lot. You know, I walk like five, six miles a day, you know, and um because I like to eat. I like, yes, me I too. like food. Yes, and, and exactly. Just, That's that why I, I, see, I work out for eat. <laughs> That's what I tell students. I work out because I like to eat. That's it. You know, that's, uh, yeah, exactly. I have to do the, you know, yeah, mathematic a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to, got to, you know, how many calories in versus how many exactly. miles. You have to burn something. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. So tell me a little bit about, you got a new signature instrument coming, right? Or is it already out? Which one? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not a signature. This is really interesting about Ibanez, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, several years ago, Ibanez was actually, Ibanez was really curious about why I, I go, I really into, you know, Diosonic Music Master. Right. And then, you know, we become friends, you know, with Ibanez, and then they always ask me questions about the guitar. And then they were really interesting because I teach a lot of beginners. Then what's the problem? Beginner's guitar, you know. So like cheap guitar usually parts is really cheap. So that usually bridge is like you know screws really too loose, you know don't intonate well, right? You know, and the tuner sometimes not easy. See, this is really simple tuner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, and actually, I I'd actually several years I bought all cheap guitar from internet. <laughs> See, I love study. So I bought all cheap guitar from internet, new and used, and I play it. And I can see sometimes some cheap guitar frets go <laughs> like you know, right. yeah, yeah. It's like not smooth. 
<laughs> and uh, neck really easy to move, you know. And though. so we team up with um, Ivonis project. So this guy, yeah, easy, you know, easy ES project we did. So I came up with this idea about see three oh, single yeah. coil, hard tail, but this bridge really, really good, smooth, nice, kind of round, really tight. And we came up with this mini switch so that single coil, this one humbucker. So this position, these two become humbucker. I learned from Diosonic. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, humbucker. So if you play heavy music, you still you get power and no hum. And intonation, perfect. You don't have to worry about it. Easy to change to, you know, uh, strings. So yeah. So Basically, they hired me as an ambassador and um, not really artist. I mean, like, you know, signature, but uh, just like I'm, just like my baby, you know? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that was a big one. You know, then we released it. And, um, yeah, they they have a back order, a couple of thousand guitars back order. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So then I have a... Real signature guitar is this real small company named Kanji Guitar. Kanji okay. Kawabata from Japan. He's uh, living in uh, Taiwan now. But this is all handmade. So it means like he uses square wood and just shape these to the shape. He doesn't use any machine to do this. Amazing. Wild. Yeah, so this is really my main. I mean, this guitar really made me think I can sell all other guitars okay. Ah. That's amazing because next shape, someday I I let you play. Next shape, it's really perfect because not really exactly Fender. He makes a little bit Gibson feeling. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really really good, amazing. It tones really great. So that's my main thing. But then, uh, in a pandemic, I I bought this one. I had to um, check this out. Ah, 1967 yes. ES335, all the original from um, uh, what's a uh, Rumble Seat, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the funny, funny part is I have exactly 1967 uh, guitar, you know, 335 here. This this is I bought when I was in high school. Okay. But you see, I bought everything original. I changed to Jumbo Fret, <laughs> and then I changed to Stop Tapies like that. Right. So I always thought, if I if I know, you know, what great as original, I never change anything. So that was entirely original. Oh, I got you. Cool. Right. So I bought it, the same one, and uh, I'm really happy with it, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. assume you, you were attracted to the 335 because of the whole Larry Carlton thing. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And the funny part is... um. As you see, I don't really play uh, 335 a lot because I love Larry so much. If I play that one, it sometimes sounds like a Larry Carlton back, you know. So um, other, you know, little story. When I went to Berkeley, second year, I bought the tickets to go to see Larry Carlton. And I didn't go. Oh. Because if I go... I fall in love with him again. So they ended up <laughs> ended up sounds like a Larry Carlton. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I understand. So that was my my business decision, you know, you know, like a long term. I have to away from him. 
I understand. Because I listen so much. I listen right. so much. I like, I like his playing so much. But if I do that, and the old people say, oh, sounds great. Sounds like a Larry Carlton, you know? <laughs> right, I understand. So yep. that was my you know, second year at the Berkeley. I have to do my own thing. That's why I decided to go to more rhythm guitar. Got it. More rhythm. Then, funny, funny enough, when I graduated from Berkeley, I realized I need more blues. And that's when I start not listening to any jazz. No more jazz. <laughs> All blues, you know. That's, that worked out, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how we go through these, because I, I, do, I do similar things. It's like oh, you do? I, okay. You know, like, for instance, I, I switched to the 335. Yeah. Uh, because, um, I, I, prior to that, I, I was playing my Telecaster and, and I really, I just loved the, the neck pickup on a Fender guitar. That was my thing. And, and I liked a clean neck pickup sound. And then I'd go to the bridge pickup when I wanted to, you know, like, you know, capstone of the solo or whatnot. Right. But, but I was really into old blue stuff, you know, and I, and, and then Steve Ray Vaughn came along and I was a huge Albert King fan. And I thought, in my own twisted world that I was the only one my age that got Albert King, right? And so I was going to do this whole thing, and uh, and it was going to be the first one, you know, of my generation or whatever, in my yeah. delusion, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, all, and all of a sudden, Steve Ray Vaughan comes out, and, I, and I'm like, yeah. well, well, there goes that. I know music is a funny thing. You're really ready to do it. Somebody go, whoa, you know. Right. <laughs> and so then I, I was know. like, Okay, well, the Fender thing has been done to the utmost extreme by this Steve Ray Vaughan cat, right? So then I started playing 335, and I w- and it was really the neck pickup on a 335 was my thing, you know? And then around the same time, I was really into, um, uh, you know, Dickie Betts and Danny Toller from the Allman Brothers at that particular point in time. And they were very much neck pickup guys. You know, they would do, they would do the neck pickup, or Danny would sometimes go in the middle— and he'd roll back the bridge a little bit, and he had this cool, almost kind of a. Uh, There's times where I thought he was playing a strat, but it was the middle position on a Les Paul, and he would just dial it in just right, and um, and so that was that. But that was that really thick sound. But you know, to your point, it was like so much stuff is happening over here. I don't want to get pigeonholed into that, so I'm going to go over here, and that's always been the way it is, right? It's like. Then I start playing the chicken picket stuff and all. And I, I'd always been kind of doing that anyways. And all of a sudden, like every shredder in the world has like a chicken picking song. I'm like, okay, I'm done with that for a while. I'm going to go back <laughs> yeah. over here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, right. You, you're very versatile. You do, you do jazz, you do rock, blues, you know, country. Probably difficult to sometimes where, where, where to. Uh, uh, right. You know, well, you know, it was, was again, because well, so many, you know, which is good, you know, yeah. Well, it's one of those things, you know. My my dad was a my dad was a lawyer, and 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 I was the youngest of seven kids, and all, seven kids, wow. And none, of, and none of my siblings played music. They were, I mean, they were into music. That you know, my brother, my brother had this great record collection, and that's where I listened to a lot of stuff. But you know, they did not want me. I mean, it was like to be a musician was like you know, kind of what you're. Yeah, about, yeah, you right. Know, your, okay. your yeah, like, different from your family. Yeah, yeah. They're like, really, you're going to end up, you know, poor and this, that, and the next thing, and and uh, and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. 
Uh, but I, my dad sufficiently scared the shit out of me. It's like, well, if you're going to do this thing, you better be good, right? So I, oh, I, just, I see, I see, I see, yeah. So I always worked on a bunch of, but I, but to me that it all, it was all connected. You know what I mean? It was, it wasn't like you know, random country guy here, random. You know what I mean? So it's like, I love Clapton. Uh, and that got me, that was my, in, in Hendrix and that segment was, you know, right away into the blue stuff, you know, uh, all the Kings and uh, Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Clapton had, uh, Albert Lee in his band. Right. I know. I know. And so then I got Albert Lee and then I started reading about Albert Lee. Well, who did he listen to? Well, Jimmy Bryant and, and, uh, Roy Nichols. Actually, he, and, yeah. And, I bet he influenced so many people. Right. Right. And so then and then right around the same time, I really got into, you know, uh, George Benson. Well, who do they well, well, Grant Green and Wes Montgomery. And and, uh, and then I listened to, you know, Ch Charlie uh, Christian was really kind of my gateway drug into, oh, the, into the jazz. I world love Charlie Christian. Right. Because at least I could understand kind of what was going on. You know what I mean? It's like when, when you would listen to Wes, it was like too overwhelming. It was like, yeah, he does a lot. Yeah. But I know. And so then I started dipping my feet into there, and then I got a little Chad Atkins, and a buddy of mine would play the Merle Travis stuff. I'm like, well, how the hell do you do that? So to me, it all kind of tied together, and, and and I always just want, and I always wanted to have my own band and do my own music, and so I wanted to put all these different ingredients into this stuff to make to make my own stew. But but what was kind of funny is like to your point, it's like people had a hard time. You know, to this day, they have a hard time saying, well, is it blue? Well, yeah, there I means most there's a lot of blues in there, but yeah. there's also funk, jazz, country, know. you know. And so commercially, it's kind of uh, been something where that has maybe hindered my commercialism as an artist. But it's but it's the same thing that made me able to make a living, do all the other shit that I'm doing because I can do. Right. It. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Everything's so meant to be to connect, you know. Right. Exactly. Like my teaching, too. Same thing. Right. Right. Exactly. So, but you know, I, I, I love everything I get to do just like yourself. I mean, you wake up every day, you're like, Oh boy, is I, I get to play guitar all day and show people cool stuff. You know what I mean? So I, I enjoy doing it all. I, you know, yes, and, and, too. and but That's, I, yeah, definitely. I'm so thankful about this one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It never gets, you never get bored playing. That's the bottom no. line. No, that's the kind of a cool part is sometimes so so often lately often I get you know a question through internet how do you keep um motive motivation I was like guitar itself is motivation just look at it there <laughs> look at it you know so um I can't really find solution because it's guitar is so much for me and so just i don't find anything not inspired by <laughs> I, i'm totally with you i mean when I, I i i you're probably the same way but i remember being you know to this day i mean if i have a guitar hanging up in the in the in my room like especially if i'm on the road and i'll have a guitar you know hanging out, and you wake up and the first thing in the morning you look over at the thing you're like that is the coolest looking thing you know what I mean? You just look at it, you're like, that is, I mean, you just can't wait to play it. And whether it's just like it's tapping your foot and just randomly riffing or doing like a little blues or whatever, it just it just never gets old. Yeah, guitar makes, you know, really great music and everything, you know? Yeah, amazing, yeah. I'm so, I mean, I'm so glad I found this because other things I can tell people that 
guitar, you never ever master this instrument. So I always feel I, every day I feel like I'm a, I'm a you know be, not the beginner, but uh, I'm a student forever. That's why I've said people, you know. So that way, like I keep working on it, you know. Right. That's that's a really cool about the guitar. You well, never absolutely. Really, you know, and the other thing is exactly you learn new things, but then you have. I find that you know, as we get older, it, it's about refining the stuff that we know, right? And it's just refine. Okay, well, I do this and this and this. Let's let's refine it. You know what I mean? And so, and that's a whole trip in and of itself is to kind of say, okay, well, I've learned all this different stuff. I've enjoyed amassing this repertoire. Now, how am I going to crystallize it into something that I enjoy doing and can be consistent about doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Then I little bit other thing is my challenge because I really into solo guitar, so I get into a little bit more acoustic guitar playing. So then uh, I bought a Collins, you know, OM two H traditional. I've been practicing a lot about <laughs> you know right. uh, acoustic. Then I realized that's really cool, but if I do too much, I lose a little bit bending technique from on the electric because I don't bend on the acoustic. So now, bending is beautiful things from a you know electric guitar perspective. You know, so that's really hard to balance now. You know, you know it's interesting on that on that note. I did a, um, uh, I, I got one of these the other day, and it's one of one one of these uh, Acoustasonics. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Ah. And uh, Fishman did the electronics on this thing, and I said, you know, I'm doing this course on you know solo guitar. Yeah. And uh, I think I want to use one of those for the recording of it because, you know, acoustics live or when you're recording, especially because I wanted to have a little bit of click coming back in the yeah. monitors. Oh. And I didn't want that to catch on the thing. And I didn't want to wear earphones. I never ever thought about that with a click. Right, right, right. So with this, it doesn't, you know, it, oh, it, I see. Fun it functions as an electric guitar, but it, it sounds pretty good pretty for good. an acoustic. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, it definitely. <laughs> so for live, I'm thinking about doing some solo live things, which I've done here and there anyway. But it's always hard for me to to go out and, and set it. Yeah, acoustic definitely. You have to have a little bit different amp, different setting. You know, right? right. E exactly. And uh, so I'm I'm kind of into kind of taking that thing out and seeing what happens. So, but yeah, that's a whole other thing too. But that's again speaking to the whole. Uh, idea of always having something to work on. It's like, yeah, okay, so well, I, let's get, get yeah, some acoustic stuff on together. It, yeah. Right, exactly. So that's like a new thing, you know, I still going to work on. But then uh, I, I, now, but that made me think how important for me to use my own, you know, bending technique more, more you know? Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And it's crazy because we never stop thinking about it. It's like all all day, every day. And what's what's interesting too is that I, I find in this day and age with the, with the internet and... Um, I mean, as much as I think it's the golden era of learning, because there's just so much information everywhere, you know what I mean? I mean, but at the same time, it's like people, uh, you know, not that I'm judging per se, yeah, but yeah. It, it's like they obsess more about the idea of being a guitar player. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, okay, what, what gear am I going to get? Oh, maybe if I use these different strings or I should really get this guitar and this guitar. And thank God, thank God that they do, because that's one of the ways that it all helps us make a living. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. But, but I'm sure you're the same way. When you were young, it's like I had one electric, one acoustic, one amp. For, for years. Yeah. Then the <laughs> so then the records, because records, you listen to the same records so that 
you listen as a musician. But now, young people, sorry for young people, too much, you know, internet, you know, YouTube and Spotify, easy to listen, but too much changing songs, you know? Yes. So that's other topic that I have to teach students sometimes how to listen as a musician. Exactly. I mean, I remember like one summer when my formative years of learning, it's like I had three records that I listened to all summer long. The, the same three records. Exactly. That, see, that's really trying your ear, really keen on one song so deeply. And that becomes standards to listen to other th- things, you know? Yeah. I totally, yeah, I agree with you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to get together one of these days. I think I'm, uh, you know, when I go out to Boston next time for uh, some Fishman stuff, hopefully I'm going to get some gigs oh, yeah. out there Probably too. Probably sometime you come here, right? Some checking stuff. Then tell me, I, I mean, from here, it's not too far away. Yeah, we should get together. That would be fantastic. Yes, that's great. Well, listen, thanks so much time for spending some uh, some time talking today. I really appreciate it. It was fascinating getting to talk. I mean, we we see each other online and comment back and forth here and there, but this is the first time we've had a chance to talk, so fantastic. That's right. That's uh, actually true, yeah. That's great. Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. Thank you. All right, my friend. Well, take care of yourself, and I hope to see you soon. You too. See you soon. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Chewing the Gristle. We certainly do appreciate it. On behalf of Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado, and our friends at Fishman Transducers, we say, don't be a stranger now. Keep on coming back. We're going to keep on giving her.